podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. All right, and we're off. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Inside Try Show, sponsored by Resilient Nutrition, who make incredible long-range fuel nut butters. I'm Helen Murray, and each week on the Inside Try Show, I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. And this week, the focus is on swimming for triathlon with the hilarious, passionate and world record-holding South Walian superstar... That is Dave Tonge. Clearly, you're going to be getting another update from the trails as well. Lowry, another Welsh superstar, Diochen Vaurian, for signing up to be a patron of the podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. And if you are a regular listener and you like what I do and you want to do similar, you want to support the show, then just head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show. Now, Lowry also mentioned how much she had enjoyed last week's Emma Pallant episode and that it kept her entertained on a long foggy return drive home from holiday. Those are the worst, aren't they? Always that long drive back. Deb, you enjoyed it too. You said, I loved this episode. It was great listening to Emma. She's a real competitor and a huge inspiration. Thanks as always for a great podcast. Peter, thanks for your note. You said, when you hear the self-doubt in these pros who are absolute weapons, it makes us age groupers feel okay too. Great interview. Ema, you got in touch as well. You said, thanks for the swim run episode. You said it was a great listen. It certainly got me thinking about giving swim run a go. Ema, come on, come on. Let's go and do it. Come to Flamberis and do the I Love Swim Run with me. I think it's in June. So I Love Swim Run. Come on, sign up with me to the Flamberis event and we'll do it together. And if anyone else is thinking, oh, I quite enjoyed it. I quite like the sound of it. Come, let's have a gathering in Flamberis. It'll be awesome. A little inside try show group and you can all do your own thing and then we'll meet up afterwards for like cake and coffee and natter. Come on, join in the fun. So June, Flamberis, I love swim run. I'm in, all right, I'm in. <laughs> Kate, you also got in touch and you asked me not to give Keith or Jim any ideas. So Keith, if you don't want to be tempted into a multi-day ultra run then switch off right now, okay? Because my husband Rich and I recently had a chat with Chris King and he runs Beyond the Ultimate. They organise a whole load of amazing, amazing multi-day trail running events as well, including the three-day Highland Ultra on Scotland's Noidart Peninsula. Podcast sponsors Resilient Nutrition are supporting this event and basically really easily talked me into doing it. And Chris was actually in a big room in Noidart preparing for the October version of the race when we caught up. So it does sound a little bit echoey, but there was one very key question on my mind. Chris, do you get many couples doing these things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make or break, right? How many have stayed together afterwards? Yeah, that's it. You're either going to be incredibly strong after or you're you're going to be sleeping in separate beds for a while. But no, there's there's a couple of couples doing this race. We've got um, one couple in particular doing our October event where the wife has done two of our races and the 
husband and two of our races separately and then they've come in together to do this one together. Yeah, we get we get couples quite a lot. We've had brothers and sisters, father and son, father and daughter on this one, which I think is quite cool. So 18-year-old girl with her dad. You know, it's um it's it's really good to see, you know, families and couples and especially young people coming through in the sport. It's really exciting. You know, it, we had um a young guy, Sasha, on our ice ultra at 18, come through and win some stages. And you can't help but get excited for the sport when a young lad that you know, I can't think. 18 there's no way you'd have got me in the arctic circle running like that and he had the bravery to do that and start winning so yeah there's some incredibly inspirational people out there doing this kind of stuff and i think that's what you'll probably i think obviously the terrain the race everything is amazing but actually being around camp with 60 to 100 people all different stories and walks of life and you get to know them it's a really cool cool thing to go through with them that's what I wanted to ask, actually. What is the atmosphere like um, in in camp? And I know you've got speakers as well, haven't you? Yeah, so we've got speakers in the evening, which is a new thing for us because obviously um, we can do that domestically. And I think you know, some the realist realistically, some of our runners will still be out on the course, so we're looking at ways to film the speakers so they can see them after the race. But yeah, it's just really cool because you get we've had all sorts. We've had um, you know. If I look at our other races, we've had Milkman from Doncaster that had saved for three years to do the race next to a, a multi-billionaire sultan, you know, and we've we've had uh, ex-professional rugby players and ex-SAS uh, soldiers next to an 18-year-old art student that's just done two years in Malawi. And, you know, it, it's crazy. And then because everyone's after the same thing, there's a really nice atmosphere around because everyone wants to help each other. And I think that's the main difference with us is that our team get in that spirit as well. Nothing would make me happier than seeing everyone get to the finish line of this race. There's a lot of RDs out there that I think take pride in the DNF rate. Mm-hmm. I actually want as many people to get to the finish line as possible. So uh, camp tends to be quite good. There's a lot of help going around. And, you know, even when you're considering the lack of sleep and the wet conditions and all that kind of stuff, there tends mm-hmm. to be a good little morale and spirit there's always highs and lows of course but how how much do you reckon comes down to fitness and how much do you reckon mental strength comes into it you've got to be a certain level of fitness to even be in the game you know if you're if you haven't got there's a lot of people that will say oh it's all about mindset but those tend to be people that walk around fit most of the time or have some kind of transferable fitness like they're ex-soldiers or um you can get by in this sport in particular if you're incredibly talented and have done a lot of multi-days and you've mastered the art form you can get by with a with a diminished or a lower level of fitness but it depends again if you want to compete or complete mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to compete in this thing you've got you've got to have both if you want to complete you can probably get away with a strong mindset and a lack of you know but still the lowest mark of your general fitness still has to be quite high. Um, and then I always, I always look at it as the training is the hard bit and the event should be the fun bit. So that's what I say to you. If you train hard and you train well, and the event will be fun in a you know type two way. <laughs> My favorite kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're all here, right? We like type two fun. I think if you don't enjoy a bit of type two fun, then maybe this isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> 
because I think we all love it a little bit, don't we? And there has been plenty going on. So we will do some news and story after this week's interview, all right? So don't forget, you can get 10% off resilientnutrition.com with the code InsideTry10. Just head to InsideTryShow.com forward slash links and you'll find the link to the discount right there. So before we get to this week's interview, here is Laura Siddle with a little reminder about what we need from you for an upcoming episode. Hi guys, it's Sid here. Don't forget if you have a question that you want me to answer about, well, anything to do with triathlon or anything really, we're leaving it pretty open, um, email it in to helen at insidetryshow.com with question for Sid in the subject line. Thank you for your messages so far. Remember this will only work if you email us. So you can email questions you can email stories we would love to hear from some stories from you as well so please just get in touch with us so email helen at insidetryshow.com and put question for sid in the subject line excellent oh and one more thing this one's a bit of a favor right i've put together a survey as basically i i love doing the podcast but i always think that I could probably do I could probably do it a little bit better. So I want to know from you what I can do better. It'll literally take you five minutes and you can find it at insidetryshow.com forward slash links. Okay, it's in the show notes as well, but insidetryshow.com forward slash links. Click on the link to the survey. It's a Google Doc, it's pretty quick. And the, the responses so far it's really fascinating seriously it is so interesting and I'm already learning plenty from what you have said so if you've done it already massive massive thank you time for this week's interview right I hope that you are going to enjoy this one and laugh as much as I did recording it so Dave Tonge is a swimming coach and world record holder from South Wales. He's been coaching swimmers and triathletes for well over 20 years. He played a really crucial role to help Wales rugby star Gareth Thomas or Alfie overcome his fear of the water to complete Ironman Wales in 2019 and break the stigma around HIV. Dave also holds the world record this is insane, for completing a 24-hour swim in an endless pool. And he covered a whopping 55k. He's also coached Shane Williams, who we had on the podcast about 10 episodes ago. So he's coached him with his swimming and loads of other people. But above all, he is hilarious and he has an infectious passion for swimming. Dave Tonge, welcome to the Inside Try Show. <laughs> How are thank you? you? Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. Really good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's all right. Now, Dave, the, one of the things that describes you is an ultra swimmer. So what <laughs> the heck is an ultra swimmer? That's the cool word that was used after the crazy ultra swims that I've been doing over the last, well, because of lockdowns, really. I was, I was, a, I was a sprinter by trade, swimming at Cardiff Swimming Club and as a youngster and um yeah lockdown uh, having my own endless pool and and having lots of time as lots of people did i became this long distance swimmer to keep my 
keep sane and raise money for charity. So when I eventually, well, I'm sure we'll lead on to it in a minute, went to do a world record, they said, well, you know, you're, you're now classed as an ultra swimmer. So that was obviously going to go on my bio on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to like reach a certain distance to become an ultra swimmer? Yeah, so anything over 10 k's of marathon distance, anything over 25 is classed as ultra. So um, anything crazy, you know. <laughs> and for most people, <laughs> anything over like 3k equals just completely knackered swimmer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, so Dave, I think you've got the secret, the secret sort of source. How does one become in love with swimming? Like for you, it's been a, it's been a long thing, hasn't it? Yeah, my father used to say to me, it's like watching paint dry. <laughs> but when you're the swimmer, when you're the swimmer, when you're the swimmer who's been doing it all their life and um and and I came to a point, you know, I was 19 and I decided I was going to get I was going to go full-time in my job and I took time out of swimming. I missed swimming so much and um I was a swimming a swimming teacher and a swimming coach by that time as well. So um so it was always in my blood to to go back to it, and and this is where I am today. You know, I've sort of gone down the open water swim route and have my own business, which is swimming. My mum's had her own swimming academy for thirty five years, so it's it's in our family. You know, and I'm sure a lot of swimmers will relate to, even if they don't swim anymore. I bet they miss it because it's um, you know, you do it's chlorine's in your blood. <laughs> and what what is it about the water that? I'd say you're addicted to. It's your time. You can't, you know, you, the only time you can speak to someone, if you're in a in a club session, for instance, is when you're stood at the end of the lane and, you know, you're, you're talking to your coach or you're talking to your, 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 your fellow swimmers next to you. When you're swimming, whether you're plodding up and down for two lengths or whether it's half an hour swim or whether it's a 24-hour swim, it's your time and it's your headspace and it's how you deal with that and whether you sort of sing songs in your head or whether you... Um, you know, just think about stuff. You know, it's a, it's a weird one to try and explain. I have to say, a lot of people have asked me that over over time. And when I do long ultra swims and distance swims, people do say, you know, what what are you thinking about? How do you switch off? You know, don't you get bored? Does it play with your mind? And actually, no. Um, I just I just switch off and just enjoy it. And and that's what you, the feel of the water and feeling, especially in the sea. You know, that just feeling alive and just having that time to yourself is really fast. It's fantastic. So you said that it's been in your blood. I know that your, you know, your your mum, um, with her own academy and things like that, you would have grown up with it. Did you feel yeah. at ease the very first time you remember being in the water? Yeah, I, I mean, I've got a, a picture of my first ever uh, in armbands. I'll send it to you in armbands in in the Heath Hospital pool, which is the the, the pool near not far from where we grew up, and. Um, yeah, it's um that's that's my my memory in my head of oh there's me in armbands. I don't remember that because I was obviously like six months old, um. But you know, being I was always a natural swimmer. So was my brother. So was my sister. We you know we picked it up quickly and we were straight you know from the age of four in in Splot Squid Kids, which was in Splot Swimming Pool. And um, yeah, we you know it's just the memories of always being involved with swimming and you know club galas and. And then eventually when it became serious, when it was like the headhunters from Cardiff Swimming Club and you're AJ to he's talented, in he goes. And then it, all of a sudden it changes and it's it's more serious for competition and stuff then. And did you enjoy it still as a teenager when you did get into that competition scene? 
yeah, I mean, do you know what? It took me it took me ages to mature, and if I had my time again, and I would ne- never regret where I've come with my swimming career. I've helped loads of athletes over the years, from you know youngsters, teenagers, students, to now you know triathletes, and you know working with all levels up to pro level. And um, you know, I don't regret my journey, but I look back, and if I had said to the kid who had the talent, actually listen to your coach. I was under two Olympic coaches in Cardiff Swimming Club, and they, you know, they were really they've produced some amazing athletes, and. Um, you know, I'd say listen and stop messing around because I just messed around. I trained and I attended, and the only time I really pushed it was when I was uh, meant to be reached, um, revising for GCSEs, <laughs> and because um, I was really good at the time and sort of got into four by two freestyle relay for nationals and stuff like that. And my mum's like, "Oh my god, he's going to make it!" So it was like, "Yeah, don't worry about your GCSEs. You crack on and do that," you know. But I wouldn't change it. You know, it's got me to where I am today, and uh, you know, I learned the hard way with education and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I loved it, and I've made some amazing friends from coaches to to fellow uh, fellow swimmers. And so what is it now? Like, what is your life at the moment? So the gap was there and I spotted that triathletes needed help, you know, run and bike. These triathlon coaches were putting these plans together and they were throwing the swimming element into it as well. That's where it came from. So swimming for me now is, you know, my endless pool business that was in my garage is now uh, a big facility in Cardiff and the biggest one, well, the only one in the UK with two endless pools, soon to be three. Um, And it's swimming most days for me. I'm teaching all levels of, of swimmer, so it's it's constant chlorine splashing over me all the time from beginner adults to to like I said earlier, pro pro athletes or ex international rugby players who've now decided they want to do triathlon. So um yeah, this is forever. <laughs> Talk to me about the world record. So where did this idea come from that you wanted to break or get the world record for twenty four hours in an endless pool? <laughs> oh, so lockdown my wife's a health visitor so she was um she was off working and my son um who bobby who's um who was six at the time he was obviously in school but closed schools were closed and me with my endless pool at home i followed the rules because i didn't want neighbors telling tell on telling on me that i was still working so we shut the business down and and me and bobby swam in the pool a lot so our daily routine we had this hour of schoolwork, because that's all I could handle as well as he could handle. Obviously, there was food involved, walk the dog, go on a bike ride, two hours swim in the pool. And we did that daily, but then it popped into my head that that was the daily thing. But then in the evenings, it was like, should we have a beer? There's nothing else to do. And it was just getting into this horrible routine of, you know, for some, that was wicked. But I, I just needed a focus. I needed something to sort of stopped me from being thinking I was on holiday every day so um I was like right there's no pools open I'm very lucky to have a pool let's do some crazy you know I'm gonna swear then let's do some crazy distances <laughs> and try and try and try and build like you know try and build so I, I said to my missus she came from work the one day and I said um I'm uh, it was my birthday on the 24th of April I said on the 23rd of April I'm gonna swim for 12 hours which is the shift of what these doctors and nurses are working um, and I'm going to go live on Twitter. I'm going to see how much money I can raise for uh, NHS charities. And she was like, what? What are you on about? And I said, I'm just going to swim for 12 hours. She was like, you can't do that. I said, I can. And then she was like, you can't. So we have in this debate. So I said, I tell you what, for the next two weeks, I'll see how much distance I can get in. And yeah, I did about 30K or something like that. Just, to, you know, just, you know, accumulative over time. And I said, look, look, this is what I've done. And I was totally fine. I was functioning, you know. 
fair play to her. She took the day off work on the Thursday so she could have Bobby. And we I went live on Twitter. She was my feeds. So there was no one else involved. It was literally, she was coming in every half an hour. I calculated that if I put it on 149 per 100. Oh, the, the pace pool, of it, yep. The pace, sorry, yeah, the pace. So one 149 per 100. I could do nine Ironman distance swims back to back in 12 hours. 21 miles, nine Ironman swims, just to make it juicy so people would donate. And um, yeah, they did. It, it was mad. You know, I raised £5,300 in 12 hours Amazing. from from swimming all day. So why why did your wife originally say, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that? It's a running joke with swimmers. How long can you swim for? How far can you swim? Well, I can swim all day. No, you couldn't. Yeah, I could. You know, and it's where it's gone on for years. And I just said, I can swim all day long. If you feed me, I'll swim all day. And and that's what something I wanted to prove. And I said that to her and she wasn't having none of it. But I proved it. Um, but that wasn't the world record. That was that was that was 12 hours. So when we opened back up in the August, one of my client, one of my first clients who came in for a swim, they were like, no one's ever done that before. You're mad, but do you realise that's probably a world record? And I was like, is it? I was like, oh, whatever, you know. And then my cogs started ticking then. I was like, I'm going to look into this to see if it is. So we went down the route of, you know, send the application. No, you can't claim it because you didn't have the judges and all this sort of stuff. So that's why it got bigger and more crazier uh, uh, after a bit of time. <laughs> the, 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 the pain had been forgotten and then you're just like, well, let's, yeah. let's double it. Let's double it. And just out of interest, before we come on to the double craziness, what yeah. what were you taking on and how often were you having breaks? Were you getting out to go for loo? What, that kind of thing? So... The classic serene loaf, oh. or serene, whatever, I don't know how you pronounce it. Classic. With, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love it. Lush. <laughs> so we bought loads of little squares of that, um, and it worked, yeah, water. Uh, during the breaks, I was like five minutes rest, so I set my own rules out for that. So five minutes rest, which meant I could jump out and go to the toilet. Um, I won't go into details with that, so that, that was that. Um, yeah, and then and then got back in the pool. So she yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like what what was the longest time that you had swum continuously before doing the twelve hours? Ooh. Probably, to be honest. I hadn't done anywhere near that before. It was the build up. I did a I did a four hour swim. But I, I just knew I was totally aerobic all the time. My heart rate never went over like 90 the whole, every time I was training, I was totally plodding. And bear in mind, I was in a wetsuit, so the buoyancy was there. Uh, I was just able to keep my cadence and stroke rate really low. And what was it like for your, you know, anyone who's done even an hour club swim, you can feel it. So 12 hours yeah. in the water, like how were your, how was your upper body? Do you know what? So I'm predominantly a, a unilateral breather to the right, and that's what I stuck at. I, that, that's the way I swim. Um, and my left lat was in a state. You know, my shoulders were fine because I was just plodding, you know. I'm very much a hip-driven freestyler for open water. That's where I've sort of changed and adapted my stroke over the sort of last 10 years. And I was, you know, you, you, you breathe into the right and you're pushing down on that left hand, and you, my lat was in a state. So you're in all this pain you're probably like filled with oh I've done it what an achievement I'm buzzing I've I've raised five grand but you know my lat is a bit screwed 
oh, so why not? Yeah. Let's just double it. Let's just do 24 <laughs> hours. Like, <laughs> explain that one. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, so it went down the application process, and then it was like, why don't you make it a bit better? You've done 12. Try and have a crack at making it bigger. So I Was, was that like, your, oh, your thoughts or someone like, else? Was that someone else saying? No, no, no. So speaking speaking to the judges and stuff, because they allocate you a judge, and or you get talking to people, and, you know, it's... Uh, ideas flying about so i said it was 12 and i said oh why don't i do 18 and um they they were like well 18 is a bit of a thing number and then i said oh do you know what let's just do 24 i'll go for 24 just do it and they were like great you know so the application went through and then it was like right i need to find some sponsors for this now we're a gonna help me out wetsuits you know all this sort of stuff just check it out let's get a bit of support and get some money for Valindra because that was the that was my chosen charity. Yeah, Valindra is uh, the local cancer hospital, so um, that's where you would go in Cardiff and South Wales and the surrounding areas for your treatment if you've been diagnosed with any type of cancer. Um, yeah, so that was that was the chosen charity, um, and uh, started reaching out to different sponsors and Hubu, um, you know, are the leading triathlon brand in my opinion, which they are. Um, and wetsuit suppliers, Dean, who's uh, Dean Jackson, who's the owner, is uh, a good mate of mine. And uh, I said, listen, this is what I'm doing. Do you fancy supporting me? And fair play, he made me a suit with the world record logo on it. Um, and they've never done that for anyone before, so a massive shout out to them for that. Um, and if they have done it, they've had to pay for it. But I didn't have to pay for it. And they said, you know, are you going to be able to do it? That's the thing. <laughs> are we putting our name on this? Are you going to be able to do it? This is what he said to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. Don't you worry about that. I'll do it. You know, nothing's stopping me doing it. So because of the motivation for Valindra, you know, a world record, getting that title, brilliant. You know, and raising lots of money. So, and I did it. Yeah, I did it. And I was buzzing. So when, when so your your wife had said, no, 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 you can't do 12 hours, you can't do 12. <laughs> when it came up at 24, then was she like, right, I'm, I'm obviously right behind you or, or, or what? Yeah, do you know what? Charles, good as gold like that. You know, you show show me show me you can do it and I'll support you. It was the same with my business. She was like, what are you on about? Like, end the spool in the garage. You know, that's not happening. And I was like, right, okay. Showed, showed her it would work by hiring an end the spool. It worked. It was the same with the swim. You know, I... I showed her I I could produce. I did it. It was hard, and then I was like, "I'm doing a double," and she was like, "You need to do more training." I was like, "No, I know that, but I'm going to do it." And she was totally supported, so supportive. So, um, yeah, so she was fine. <laughs> what were you most worried about leading into the the 24 hour endless pool swim? Oh, do you know what? I hadn't actually, I planned to do a night swim. I was going to go live on social media to do a night swim. No one was going to tune in and watch it, but I just wanted to show that I'd actually done lots of dicks. I'd done three 12-hour training swims and lots of sort of shorter shorter ones at pace and stuff like that. And I was really mixing my training up as as you do like with swimming and then, you know, not keeping it, not sticking to long aerobic boring stuff and so yeah I didn't get around to doing a night swim and I was gutted and I, I wanted to have that sleep deprived feeling you know like Charles was a nurse and now she's a health visitor but she, she'd come in from a night shift absolutely knackered and sort of you know you're almost hallucinating and I, I needed to feel that from swimming and I didn't get that I didn't get to that point just because of life getting in the way and everything else so um so it was fine so that was on my mind I was thinking oh my god am I going to get to like 15 hours Am I going to have a lap problem? Am I going to... So there, there was things I, I, I mixed bilateral. I changed 
10, every 10 minutes I swap sides for those sort of reasons. But it was the sleep de- deprivation thing that was playing on my mind. So take us to hour 15. How was it? <laughs> oh, right. So hour 15. So the Cardiff Sport Nutrition were my, um, they supported me through my training. They were good as gold. And they come up with this fat-release carbohydrate drink, which they instructed I would be fine on, and I didn't need any food ex- extras. And I was like, couldn't get my head around that because I need something to eat. You need your malt. Lo- you need your um, saurine. You need your malt loaf. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where? Where's the loaf? You know. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was like, no, 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 just stick to this. You know, it'll be better for your ba- your gut. It'll be all round. It'll be better. So I was like, sorry. So that's why I was doing training with that, and it was going well. And then. After 12 hours, that was the milestone because that was the longest I got to. And I was like, I need something. I need some food. Bring me all that stuff, you know? So crisps were coming. I was just having something to like snack on, a couple of jelly beans. And it was like, yes, this is lush. And then, of course, I'd gone against what they said. So all of a sudden, I put two paramedics supporting me who were actually my clients. They were good as gold. They brought the ambulance there, their private ambulance they've got. And they were taking in turns to look after me. And every three hours, taking my blood sugars. And I got to hour 15 after eating a little bit too much sugar and my blood sugars were through the roof and they were, I started to like hallucinate a bit. I was, you know, not, I didn't feel sick, but I was like, look, there was the Valindra poster on the wall and I was like, that's coming out of me. That's weird. Um, and the paramedic said, your blood sugars are 13. And I was like, oh no. So they said, right. If they're like that, the next time we test it, after we've sort of changed things around here, it's over and one of your family members have got to uh, make the decision to tell you because you're obviously not going to say, yes, please, I'll stop. <laughs> so I was like, fine. I said, speed it up. I said, turn the current up and I won't eat at all. I'll just have water for the next sort of duration, two hours, I said. And that's what we did. And it came back to, I think we dropped them to like 6.5 and that's where they stayed. So the 15 hour mark is an interesting one because that's where I was at. There was almost panic, not panic stations, but you know, it could have been cut at that point because of uh, me being silly really. And But I learned a lot from it as a coach. What was going through your mind for those? It's a long time to be swimming, Dave. It is a long time. Yeah. You, you've got to get in that mindset that you're on your own you're in the zone and that's that. And that's what I did for the 12 hours. So it was just switching off again, you know. I, I tell you one thing I did, which was funny and I laugh about it now. I'd always challenge myself to see if I, on my watch, because I had my, my own watch on as well, if I could get to 15 minutes without looking at my watch. <laughs> so I'd go, i get to halfway. So I'd be swimming like, do you that's five minutes? Nah, that's got to be about 10 minutes. I'd look, six minutes, no. And, and then it would just play with your mind then, you know, six minutes, you know, you've got a long time left. Um, I managed to do it a few times. I challenged, I think I got to 21 minutes once and I was loving life. Um, but that that's like, that was the entertainment for the whole night. <laughs> We've all been there though. We've all been there. Like, you you know, you're on your run and you're, you're sort of in an interval or something and you, let's say it's a 10 minute yeah. interval. You're thinking, oh, it's got to be six minutes. And you look at your watch, you're like, two? What? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. And then a, a lot of us would have spent, you know, a bit too long in the bath, come out a little bit shriveled. Probably not 24 oh. hours, though. So <laughs> were you totally, oh. totally shriveled? Do we even want to go there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at my Instagram, you'll see a, I put a picture up of what it looked like. My hands looked like they'd been steamrolled. They were, it was bad. It was bad. And my brother took great pleasure in like hour 20, absolutely wetting himself, 
taking photos of my hands and sending them to all the family and friends that, you know, I'd been steamrolled because they were, my hands were like flat as pancakes. And when I was swimming, the skin was flapping on my bones. <laughs> it was that bad. I got quite wrinkled. I got big hands, but wrinkly. <laughs> Charles says I got sausage fingers. <laughs> so like those sausage fingers turned to like <laughs> chipolatas with skin <laughs> hanging off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and like yeah. I don't know was it the same with your feet did it did it just feel weird against the water I'm glad you said feet yeah <laughs> um yeah I, yeah <laughs> uh yeah my feet it just it was all weird yeah hands and feet were the worst though right yeah yeah <laughs> they came back to life after about four hours <laughs> and what did you learn from it as a coach my mindset, you know, you, you can't really teach mindset, or you can, but you types of people have got different mindsets. Um, I learned a lot about that. You know, not everyone could do what I did, don't get me wrong. Um, but if you put your mind to something, you can do it. But with regards to what I learned as a coach, nutrition is key when you're doing that sort of stuff. Don't mess around with what you've planned to do. You know, you've got to get your nutrition right, and that's across the board in all three disciplines in triathlon. Um, and follow the process, yeah, follow the, the, follow the training plan. Let's go into coaching, training, all that kind of stuff. Um, you have coached loads and loads of people to swim. And yeah. I think for a lot of triathletes, the swim is the uh, kind of the, the the pain in the ass bit. Like I love it, but that's yeah. but for a lot of people, they don't. Is that a, a common thing that you find you have people coming to you? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, do you know what? My phone goes daily, emails daily. I've, I've recently done a triathlon, sprint, middle, whatever it is, and I thought I was a swimmer. I'm not a swimmer. You know, there's there's, there's people who've said to me before, they've come and they've said, I can do a mean 25 metres with my head up and I can get from A to B with my heart rate to 180, but I can't swim. And there's good, there are people who admit straight away, but then there's others who will go and enter a triathlon and think they can swim as in the mean 25 meter swimmer and then it's a horrible uh, horrible end to it then so yeah so it's great for us because we're like we can help you come and see us sometimes it's one session just a couple of pointers other times it's a block of 10 you know if you're willing to work hard we'll work hard with you you know and, and that's that's where we're at you know that's what Heathwood Swimming is all about. And so what what tips would you have for someone who is feeling a bit nervous about the swim whether it's pool or open water very separate but just swimming as a whole what what advice would you have for that you know it's about making sure you've got a good coach for starters who knows what they're talking about it's going through the motions going to the swimming pool making sure you're happy in a swimming pool and 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 seeing what you like on a one-to-one and and getting some tips and you know making sure along the way without realizing you're building that confidence don't just go out in the sea on your own. You don't do that anyway. Make sure that you're you're ready to go in the sea on your own and go and have a go at it, or whether it's a lake, and get support. Um, and then it's yeah, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You know, getting people who've done it before, but not someone who's going to try and beast you out of the water and show you how rubbish you are. It's someone who wants to support you. So, 
um, cold water and wearing a wetsuit, they come as a big, you know, anxiety mix. You know, they, they they hit you, they take you by surprise if you're not careful. So, and the cold water can be, you know, anything below 26 degrees. You know, it's not just, oh, now 10 degrees or whatever it is in the sea. That's not just cold water. It can be a shock to everyone if they haven't prepared for it. Acclimatization. So acclimatization is a massive one. But yeah, you know, over you know everything I've just said there. It's important to speak to a coach who's experienced, who knows what they're doing, um, whether that's a group environment or a one-to-one. Massively important. What are the most common things that people come to you with, Dave? So when I started the business, it was triathletes who want a want a five-minute PB in their swim. They want to if they get five-minute PB, they could be making an age group qualification for for Kona or whatever, you know, or or actually getting on a podium in their age group for a sprint triathlon in Wales. So that's where it started, and then because we're chameleons in the swimming world and we're coaches who were teachers and coaches from level one to level three who can put our hands to anything with coaching we've gone from helping those triathletes who are intermediate and advanced to total beginners who've got into it because they're inspired by the likes of Gareth Thomas who did it for HIV and me the documentary in Ironman Wales or um, total non-swimmers who I got an 83 year old man called Mike a massive shout out to him as well because he's a legend um and he'd never been in a swimming pool in his life before, right? Now, bearing in mind, this guy was the dean of education at UIC for like 25 years, where there was a swimming pool on campus, and he never went in there because he was just scared of the water. He just didn't want to get in that environment. He's now having lessons with me, and we're teaching people like that. You know, I'm teaching ex, I work with ex-Olympians, but we're also working with 83-year-old people who want to learn. So, you know, we have all sorts of people come in and all sorts of goals, um and it's cl- it's cool you know it's, it's it's wicked you know swimming's taking off so how do you get an 83 year old who has never ever been in a pool before like where do you begin oh we've had some fun and games i tell you what <laughs> we're on uh we're on our third block of 10 now and he's just, every session he says i don't care how long it takes dave i'm gonna keep coming to you no we we start um we're heavily on uh, front snorkels, so we take the element of breeding away. Don't matter what level they are, I need to see them when they're wearing a snorkel. Because nine times out of ten, if there's a couple of little issues with hand entry and crossings, chuck a snorkel on them, use the mirror on the bottom of the endless pool, job done. They're taking five seconds per hundred off their swim, you know. Whereas with Mike, it was all to do with facing the water, building water confidence, splashing water on his face, and actually without saying I'm treating him like a child, going through the motions of the fundamentals, which I learned when I was 16 years old, what to do with a beginner kid, a child who's scared of the water, maybe. So that's what that's where it starts. But, you know, the want was there. And so very quickly he's come on and he's understood buoyancy. So it's floating on your front, floating on your back, understanding streamlining. And that determination has come through, even though he's not swimming laps and laps and swimming for ages at the moment, he's loving life. And that to me is just, he's learning, he's learned to be confident in the water. If he fell in the water, he'd be able to tread water. And there's loads and loads of milestones along the way that you've got to sort of nail before you then go, right, sea swim, <laughs> you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but he, that's, do you know what? That's his goal. He wants to, he don't care how far he swims. He wants to buy a wetsuit and then we're going to take him in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Thomas then 
he came to you, didn't he? Yeah. So former Wales um, international, like incredible, incredible rugby player. Lots of people will obviously know who he is. But he came to you. He had entered Ironman Wales, hadn't he? But he was really, really scared of what he wouldn't put his face in, would he? And then within seven months, you got him to swim, was it yeah. a 124 at Ironman Wales? Yeah, I mean, we could talk all night about that journey. You know, we're, we're very good friends now and um, we, we had such fun and, and, and I had such pressure on me as a coach because Sarah, who um, who was sort of his line manager, as it were, she works for, uh, you know, as for the BBC. Um, she was uh, like the docu- involved with the documentary for HIV and me and um, she did a bit of a phone interview with me before I met Alfie. I didn't even know it was for Alfie. It was a phone interview um, we've been given your name by James C, who's director of athletics at Cardiff Met, who's obviously a colleague of yours. I was like, great. Um, we want to know whether you'd like to work with an ex-rugby international to teach him to swim to do Ironman Wales. I was like, yeah, who is it? Well, we can't tell you. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> um, and they basically interviewed a few people. She got a feel for who we were, where we were going to teach him to swim and all this sort of stuff. And I fitted the bill. And long story short, it was like, right, this was the Feb. That was the December I spoke to her. In the February, she rang me back after I thought, oh, well, I'm not doing it because I haven't heard from her. And then she was like, yeah, can you teach Gareth Thomas to swim in your pool? I was like, sorry, what? (laughs) So, yeah, he was like my hero and a lot of people's heroes, as you just said. So it was like, he wants to come over your house on Friday. And this was the Tuesday. And I rang my wife. I was like, you're not going to believe what's gonna, about to happen. And she was like, no way. I won't swear. But I, the words she used was like, what? Um, we were like crazy mad people in the house on the Friday because we knew Alfie was coming at eight o'clock when the, the kids are walking past to go to school. And Gareth Thomas was pulled up outside my house. And um, he knocked the door and he was like a rabbit in the headlights. Totally ner- so nervous. You know, and of course this you know, image I had in my head of, oh my God, he's going to come in, he's going to go, all right, all right, but, you know, and shake my hand and be that uh, that presence. It wasn't that at all, because he was just so nervous about, you know, going swimming. And um, we talked for half hour, we had tea and toast, and it was like, oh my God, this is mad. And I, at the time, didn't have a clue about the documentary. Uh, that was totally, you know, that didn't get disclosed to me until later on. And um, yeah, first session, there was tears, there was screaming, there was, I'm not getting in that pool. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I got my work cut out here because it's February and he wants to do Ironman in September. It was it was like, and I got to get him in the sea. You know, what if, what if it's still snowing in April? There was all this going on in my mind. Um, so it was, yeah, it was um, it was tough. But it took us a few sessions. The, the cameras didn't come in on session one. They did on session two. And um, again, that was even more pressure because I was having someone filming me teaching someone who couldn't swim, who was like the, the legend of Gareth Thomas. And yeah, it was just, that was it. That was my life for a long time. I was working, teaching, seeing Alfie twice, three to, sorry, how many times a week? Three times a week to start with. And it, it went on from there. Yeah. <laughs> and how, how how did you build his confidence? Was it similar with the 83-year-old and splashing with the water and, and like going back to yeah. that child thing again? Definitely, yeah. It, it was about the environment. It was getting used to the environment because this is the other thing. This is why Sarah chose me because of what I said to her on the phone about swimming lessons for adults are very, very nerve-wracking places because you're either in a small group or one-to-one and nine times out of ten there's a gym above the swimming pool looking down 
and whether it's body consciousness or whether you're just nervous about getting your face in, no one wants to learn in that environment. Um, that is something I pitched to her, as well as me being who I am and being bubbly and how I would get on with him. Um, you know, she realised that, but the environment, so it was getting used to the environment. And once I, was, once I saw that he was like, all right, you know, he was coming in, he wasn't nervous anymore. And it only took about four or five sessions, that, I have to say. All of a sudden, he, he, I made him realise that he, he actually was a strong... He was not very buoyant. <laughs> he hit the bottom like a brick, um, which was a massive issue. But um, yeah, yeah, there was, um, yeah, it, it didn't take long, but I went through the motions, like you said. So like like with Mike, with the 83-year-old, very similar process. Um, but do you know what? These natural athletes who are dedicated to the cause, who would know what their goal is and they know what it was all about. And little did I know why he was doing it at the time. He was so dedicated and I was something like, you know, blew my mind how keen and inspiring it was to see how, how much he pushed himself to be the best he could be with it. So, um, you know, and uh, <laughs> after Ironman Wales, my phone didn't stop with people who wanted to learn because of it. Like, you know, it was mad. It was bonkers. Do you think anybody can do that can go from being a non-swimmer to completing i mean let's go let's go for it a 3.8k swimmer ironman wales in the sea that is no easy easy task at all yeah it was um in answer to your question anyone can do it okay you need the proper coach and you need to put the effort in he was doing three one-to-one endless pool sessions a week with me and then when he was ready he was going to a swimming pool on his own near his house and um, having lifeguards telling him what they thought he should be doing as well which was frustrating but he was coming he was going well the lifeguard said I was like don't worry about what the lifeguard said this is what I'm saying listen to me you know but yeah Alfie was always told as a young kid by his parents keep away from water keep away from the sea it's dangerous so that's ingrained in you for so long um and I bet there's loads of people out there like that. You know, there's two twofold. There's opportunities. I had loads of opportunities to swim. My mum was never a swimmer, but I had opportunities. And then there's also parents telling you that's dangerous. Don't go near that area, you know. And so, you know, he had one of those things. And so it, it took a while to overcome the new environment each time. Taking him to Jackson's Bay in April was fun because it was like you couldn't you couldn't have picked up a worse day. Um, I had to get him in the sea. It was only confidence building. It was no swimming. There was no swimming involved. It was getting the sea and feel that temperature. Put your face in that salty water, the dark, you know. And again, we were back where we were, crying. Get me out. There was tears, and he won't mind me saying it. You know, he went through the motion, the mill with it. You know, it was big time. We did a couple of triathlons, sprint triathlon. He was fine. Swansea sprint. Um, and I swam with him, so he had me, Mike, his crutch with him. Um, but then long course weekend, which is obviously the same swim and the same distance as, as Ironman. Lots of people will, if they're you know listening to this and they, they were down there for that weekend, will have saw Alfie coming out of the water. How I got him back in the water for the second lap, I don't know. We had 200 metres of swimming and tears and screaming and effing and jaffing and get me out. It's all over. The documentary's all over. I cannot do this. And... Um, yeah, again, lots to say about that subject, but we I got him round it and 
not dragged him back in. He just we were just in like a bomb had gone off in our ears, and the next thing you know, we were back in the water swimming. And he always says to me to this day that that was his Iron Man swim because we got through it. And if he hadn't got through that, he wouldn't have done it. But we got through it, and that was uh, that was one of my uh, I get emotional. One of the uh, favorite parts of my career so far, to be honest, because um, I don't actually know how I got him through it. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to know, like, what? So, what do you say to someone when they have had such a maybe such a bad experience? Like, how how do you reassure them? How how do you get them to be able to get back in the water? Yeah. Um... Well, I used what he told me as motivation a month before, because it was only a month before long course, he told me. He actually turned up at my um, my house um, to speak to my wife an hour early of the session. He knocked the door, and I didn't know anything about this, and Charles was in the house. She, she was like, what are you doing? You, and you've got a session with Dave? Oh, in an hour. So they had a coffee together, and he, he told my wife. He was worried about what my reaction was going to be, because obviously we'd only known each other a few months, and he wanted to tell her or ask her, it was, do you think I should tell Dave off camera? Because I was one of the people he told on camera, like he did with Shane Williams and a few other close friends of his, um, you know, about him having HIV. And that um, he wanted to check what her reaction was and what she thought. And she was like, don't tell him before. Tell him on camera. Uh, you know, he'll... so he just went down the route of, I got something to tell you on camera a month before long course. We're going to go to, the, we're going to take the cameras. We're going to have a sea swim. And I got to tell you what my motivation is for Iron Man. And I was like, "What do you mean?" I I said, well, "You know, I thought we were just doing an Iron Man. I thought you were a non-swimmer who was going to do an Iron Man, and everyone was going to love you for it." And he was like, "There's much more to it than that." And I was like, "Oh my god, what's he going to tell me?" So of course I was stressing about that. I thought the worst. I thought he had something terminal, and he was just going to go out with a bang, and this sort of stuff. So I was stressing. So of course we did that swim, and he told us. But no, going back to the swim. 200 metres in, um, we stopped start, we stopped start, there was people coming over the top of us and that, of course that's the first time I'd experienced that because when I do, to- I've done nine long course swims, uh, eight long course swims, two Ironman swims and without being big headed I'm in the top <laughs> 20. The front. <laughs> so it's like no one's coming, no one's coming over the top of me like, you know, it, it, you know if I'm going over the top of people if, if that happens. So I was literally holding him up with one arm with him screaming and crying and me trying to tow him to the side to get to get him out to a, one of the paddle boarders to just calm him down, and um, yeah, I calmed him down. I grabbed him by the face, literally slapped him both hands on his face, and I said, "Calm down." I said, "Calm down." The paddle boarders, he's out. He's out. I said, "No, he's not getting out." And I told him who I was and you know what was going on. So they fair play to him. The organizer was good as gold. They let us have five minutes, and I just said, "We'll do twenty strokes at a time." And then we'll go again. With 20 strokes, we go, you know, we rest, we go again. And that's what we did for a bit. And then it came over him again. Total panic. And he screamed at me, pleaded with me to get him out of that. It was all over and he was going home. And I grabbed him by the face and I said, you got to remember why there was language. But you got to remember why you're doing this. And you didn't tell me a month ago that you're, you've got HIV and you're doing this to show people, show the world that anyone can do, you know, any, you've got HIV and you can do anything you, you, you want to do even with, when you've got HIV. And I said, um, you're doing it for Steve and your husband, you're doing it for your family and you're doing it for everyone who respects you as a person. I said, so get your ass head down and swim, you know? And he did. Um, there was still stops, but there was no more emotional stops. It was like, When's it over? Where's this current? I thought you said there's a current that's going to take us back into the beach. <laughs> and there was lots of laughs and screams and shouts, but I promised him I'd let him get out after one lap. 
and I broke my promise because I literally walked through the crowds and it was just like that scene in Saving Private Ryan where he's at the beach and it goes quiet and the bombs are going off and that's all I can how I can explain it that one minute we're walking on the beach next minute we're back in the water but he didn't stop that second lap he swam the whole way round and he you know <laughs> get emotional again it was yeah amazing because I knew I, my job was done then I knew he could do it because the second lap was done and and we did a couple of times after that we did like we went down we did a training weekend we swam the distance he did like an hour and 19 with us all as a group you know so I knew he was going to be around the hour 20 marker and you know I I wasn't I was uh, the pressure was gone it was it was done I and my job had been done and I knew he was going to get through it because he's a beast on the bike and he's an absolute animal in the run so it was like yeah happy days. <laughs> Quite a lot of people listening to this might have entered um, Swansea seventy point three for the first time um, might have entered Ironman Wales as well. Would you have any particular tips for those lovely sea swims? <laughs> right so suss it out you know you go go and do the lap or loops or something similar in that environment everyone always worries about jellyfish don't worry about the jellyfish they're not going to harm you um that's my worry you know, dave you need a good <laughs> you need a good coach okay you need a good coach 100 percent. you need to surround yourself with like-minded people who are not gonna take you out and beast you like i said earlier and that goes for the swim bike and run i've been with those people and they, you know they're friends of mine and they're like i'm gonna drop you on the bike because you're better than me at the swim you know it, you don't want that really especially if you're new to it so my uh, advice to all my swimmers um is smile I know you can't smile much when you're in the swim, but smile at the sea and know that you're going to get out smiling, okay? Smile all the way through it because you've paid for that, you know, you've trained for that and if you don't train for it, you're stupid, but, you, you know, sorry for the nasty word, but you are stupid if you don't train for it. Race your own race, you know, um, and yeah, and just enjoy it. Like, you know, it, like, you know, it's, it's a hobby. Some people are trying to get somewhere with it, but most people are doing it for a hobby and for that being proud and letting, making their family proud of them. And, you know, and that, that's what it's all about, you know, so just enjoy it. Swimming is, tends to be quite time consuming as well. Do you think that someone can do a full distance triathlon swimming once a week? Um, you'll get through the swim, depending on what you're like when you start, you'll get through the swim and it'll be probably a bad experience. Um, you need... I advise, if you're having a one-to-one -one session with me or any of my coaches, we always advise your one-to-one, -one, whether that's weekly, monthly, fortnightly, whatever, you need to go to the pool three times at least. To And that is either a club session where you're with like-minded people and a coach who's given you sets to follow and understanding why you're doing it. So training through the energy systems, not just swimming aerobically all the time because you're not going to get any better doing that. Technique work, a long threshold swim is needed. And yeah, come and see, come and speak to people like me, my coaches, or there's loads of other people who do it. You know, there's loads of other swimming coaches who I know really well, who are really good coaches and triathlon coaches. Speak to someone who knows what they're doing, okay? And then you'll get through it and you'll enjoy it. You will enjoy it, you know? The mass starts and the group swims are a big one as well. I should have said that earlier. Tangling arms, getting on top of each other and making it pressure situations which you're gonna be in. So it's best to, to practice those. Are there like common kind of common mistakes that you see from age groupers, perhaps with their technique or or is everybody just totally different? And that's why it really is worthwhile 
getting someone to look at your stroke. Yeah, I think te- with swimming, technique is massive. You know, it is massive. The classic things with, with what we see, head too high because they've been swimming in open water a lot and they've got sort of 20th century swimming teaching from being a child still stuck in their mind where, you know, your head's too high because you're looking forward when you're swimming, trying to see the end at the wall and these sort of things which create resistance. The classic crossing the centre line, which then makes you snake, which then if you're snaking through the water is, um, you know, no good in open water because you haven't got nothing to follow on the bottom, bottom of a pool. And the difference is you don't know you're snaking because you're following that line in a swimming pool. As soon as you go in open water, if you're bilaterally breathing and snaking, you're going to be doing four to five K rather than 3.8 K. So they're the classic sort of intermediate things I see. And then, you know, the higher end, age groupers you know it's to do with the sets they're doing you know getting there hitting the correct energy systems not just doing a long swim like i said earlier you know that you've got to hit those energy systems keep your body gassing in swimming like you do in the run like you do in the bike so yeah definitely uh they're the best tips i can give i think they sound like very very good tips and and, and dave i just i love your passion for swimming and I, I think one final tip would be bottle it up and sell it it'll be it'll go like you'd flog it you'd flog <laughs> it on the middle middle aisle in aldi <laughs> yeah that's a good idea actually <laughs> add, it, add it to the Thank business you very much for saying it. it's fine no but yeah. like do you find though that people just like feed off your passion yeah i think that part of my um the, who i am as a coach uh you know working with the students working with so i was head coach of the junior academy um that was my first proper sort of teaching in charge role and then I went on to be performance director for swimming and I've always carried the same enthusiasm I am loud and I am enthusiastic and I do talk I do talk and I'm very aware and my wife says calm down because I get very enthusiastic with everything but that's who I am but you need that from your coach you need that whether it's me I can be very serious and very um to the point and you know um hit and where it hurts when i need to as well and that's what it's all about you know w- w- working with the students was an amazing experience because being you know i wasn't a student i managed to do degrees alongside of my full-time work because i worked at a uni but i got on their level and allowed them to go for a beer on a wednesday night and allowed them to go for you know weekends away with their friends because that's what students do but then we had fun times um training heart you know it, it, there's loads to it it, it, it my my coach, my the way I look at coaching is that you've got to be yes, be their friend, but also be their motivator and be their coach and teacher. So um, yeah, that that's the way I've always been with it. And if they don't like it, then they don't keep coming to me. But most people do. <laughs> Dave, we've been chatting long enough. I think you and I could probably chat for like all night long. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both talkers. Um, but that was brill, loads of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. I have put links to Dave and his coaching business with Heathwood Swimming in the show notes. And as always, if you have enjoyed this one, please do share it far and wide. Tell your mate about it. Tell your club mates. Get your friend, you know, the one who hates swimming. Yeah, that one. Get them to have a listen and know that if an 83 year old can do it, if someone who is petrified of the water can do it with the right support they can as well. And if you did enjoy this one and you've never listened to the podcast before, then there are so many episodes to choose from, but I would highly recommend (laughs) episode number 93, right? That one's for you. It is a brilliant interview with 
the legend that is Shane Williams. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. Just one thing I need to mention before more of your news. If if you do want to hear a little bit about my life away from Lycra, that is not meant to sound dodgy, but yeah, what I do when I'm not doing the podcast, when I'm not out there running or swimming or, or cycling... Lucy Gossage actually interviewed me recently for the Move Against Cancer podcast. And yeah, you might hear a few of a few of my life lessons that I have learned from the amazing people that I work with and about a complete career change and kind of jumping ship and biting, I about to say biking, biting the bullet and all of that kind of stuff. So again, I've put links in the show notes for that. So your news. Thank you very much for filling me in on what you have been up to. Felicity, you said you got let down by the hairdresser. What? (laughs) They double booked. But on the flip side, you made your hockey team happy as you were actually available to play and you even scored a goal. Get in. Holly, I love this. You've been enjoying the off season and you had a two hour game of intense scrabble with your 93 year old granny who beat you. Dan, well done you. You completed your first ever half marathon. Dan, this is awesome. And you say that you're going to do two half iron distance races as well next year. So keep up the good work, Dan. Do give your body a little bit of a break and then back on it. Boom. Maddie, thank you for your note. You say you had a track session at the velodrome, which was great. And then win-win, right? You made it back in time to catch a West Ham home game. I love this. And then I've had quite a few busy weekends as well. So last weekend we took my dad to Park Run, which was... Oh, it was just amazing. He ran the whole way, having not run properly for a good couple of years. And he just casually went and did a 33 minute 5k. (laughs) I was like, what is he on? I honestly thought that I would be walking most of it with him with maybe a little bit of a jog. Clearly he thought otherwise. And he, this is maybe where I get a little bit of my determination from. He obviously was thinking, no way H. I'm going to jog this damn thing. And he did. And the one that is on our doorstep, so Erthig Park Run, there's a horrible hill at the end. And he he did not stop going up the hill. It was quite impressive. So yeah, 71 years young and a 33 minute 5k on literally no run training. Makes you want to vomit, doesn't it? Then this weekend, we had the Move Charity Ball. And I must admit, I haven't felt so much love kindness, warmth, positivity and inspiration in a room with so many people for such a long time. Like it was that much fun that it actually felt more like a wedding. It was it was just it was oh I I don't think I can sum up how fabulous it was. So if hopefully there will be another one in 2022 and I will fill you in and yeah you'll have to come along as well and then on Sunday we did the always aim high trail half marathon on Anglesey first time out in Wrexham club Wrexham tri club kit so that was nice and the views over to Snowdonia wow it is a beautiful part of the world from yes southern Anglesey when you're like able to look across the water to the mainland oh it's like picture postcard, I'm telling you. But, blimey I had 
completely forgotten how hard it is to run on sand. <laughs> oh my God, my calves and my hamstrings are very much feeling it today. And now I have got two and a half weeks left until the Sea to Summit Ultra. So will you just start praying to the sun gods for me? That would be great. Thank you. Oh, so thanks again to resilientnutrition.com for sponsoring the podcast. You can get 10% off with the code inside try 10 You can find all the information in the show notes or just head over to insidetryshow.com forward slash links. Do keep on sending your questions for Sid, just helen at insidetryshow.com. And don't forget, you can get discounts with 33fuel.com with the code insidetry33 and money off at comfuel.co.uk with the code inside try. That is it from me for another lovely week. So happy racing, happy training. Thank you as ever for listening and we'll catch up again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.